This is CliffCentral.com. So it's a Thursday and the clock just hit 12.03 and welcome to the Unplugged and Charge radio show. Gentlemen, how are you guys doing? What's up? What's up? I'm good. I'm good. How are you guys doing? I'm 100%. Can't complain. More than 100%, right? You know, before the show, it was actually quite funny because um, we're sitting out there trying to prepare for the show, trying to think about the new show going forward. And Lesejo is in like deep thought. I'm like, Lesejo, what's happening, bro? Hey, dog, this, this president thing by 2035 is deep, man. <laughs> deep. It was so stressful. It seemed like some girl told him that she's pregnant. I was like, whoa. You just took it to another was, level. But that's what it was, bro. Like, it looked hectic, bro. People were asking, what's happening with you, bro? You're looking at, there was a baby outside, and no, the baby looked cute and everything. Let's <laughs> was looking at the baby, and then he's looking at, <laughs> and then he's looking at, uh, um, oh, Janet, and yeah, then you're yeah. busy looking at her. And then she's like, and don't like, yeah. Why are you, like, so stressed? You're looking at the baby, then you're looking at me, and then you're in deep thought. What's happening to you? I know. <laughs> that job of stress, man. That's like on another level. Hey, you like, like start sweating right here at your forehead, here by your ears. Hey, bro. In my mind, I'm like, like, Supreme just took this to another <laughs> level. But I, that's the picture I had, bro. I was they, like, no. Nah, oh, bro. Like, this thing, this job must really be killing you, bro, because you were in deep thought, bro. That, the type of stress you had is the type of stress most men have when they hear that uh, they, <laughs> their boo has got a baby. Like, uh, oh, they've got a bun. It's interesting, of. actually, because I wonder if the, uh, if, if stress is something that is the same for black and white people. I think if the, if the, um, the government were to say there's a law in place now and, uh, the first word that your, the father says when they hear that the, the wife is pregnant or yeah. the girlfriend is pregnant, that's the, that's the, the child's name. <laughs> Oh, then most babies white would be called kids, white, white kids would be Oh my gosh That's wonderful I know a black You know like my, Oh what a blessing <laughs> Black kids would be like Not Ace mine. Yeah, Ace <laughs> I knew Ace Not and, mine Mm-mm. <laughs> No, not mine. Not, like not mine, Mapanga. Not, <laughs> not mine, Mapanga. <laughs> like what, what, what you bring up is a very, oh, dude. You just took a whole different spin to the show. My God, like I was looking at you and I was like, that Bruh. is probably the biggest stress that you could have as a young person right now. You imagine the cr- class register. Not now, Mapanga. Present. Ace, uh. <laughs> Petros. Present. <laughs> you know, like. I was actually listening to the radio the other day. There was a guy from Angola. He he changed his name, but his original name was Misery. Goodness, Misery, Misery. Yo. How deep is that? Yeah, no. Some people have some deep. It's weird, name. but um, I mean, there, there are some some cases where the culture is, if something bad happens in within the family, right? Yeah. Like someone dies from a a tragic car accident or something like that, then they name the next child that comes. With a very bad name To chase away evil spirits Yeah So yeah. that's why people have names like Matlakal I was about to say Yeah, 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 yeah. It's very interesting Then you've got people that are called Ntando Yungosi yeah. And they won with South Africa Because they called Ntando Yungosi So guys, can I just ask about that So so last year obviously we were at South Africa Yeah right? we, were yeah. At, we were there Where was it? Sun City was Yeah, it? Sun City We saw the whole thing uh, plan out We know who we wanted to win or Yeah At least who we thought was going to win Who was supposed to win Who was supposed to win, <laughs> yeah. right? And in my mind And I kept saying it last year I was like Okay hold on So this chick won She's from a certain place It's a disadvantaged area All I'm saying It's a really good PR story mm-hmm. Whether she deserved To win Miss Africa or not Is another it's a debate, yeah. different yeah. issue I mean obviously Another thing is I mean you 
South Africa is a big place. There's a lot yes. of ladies in this in this world. I mean, in this country. And to try and and say you are Miss South Africa representing all the other ladies. That's a deep thing. Eh? It is a bit of a deep yes. thing, right? And the other thing is, I mean, <clears throat> it's a business after all. Someone who sat sat and thought about it and said, "How could I make some money?" And yeah. how am I going to attract sponsors and, and yeah. get to do something like this? Yeah. But then on the other hand, it's also a great platform for the ladies who do participate in the thing to just become more and also do more in terms of doing things for the community as well. So I'm going to put out three scenarios. So it was last year Miss Africa, right? Which was very debatable. Yeah. And then there was Miss World. I don't know if you guys remember. Yeah. yeah. It was Miss World with Miss Jamaica with the really short hair. Yo, the yeah. dreads. No, she had dreads. She had dreads. Yeah. No, but they were yeah. actually quite short dreads though. They weren't long. Yeah, but yeah. they were something special. And she was a flame. Like everybody mm. was like, you know, you deserve it, etc., etc. And then you know, obviously she didn't win. People were like, "Ah, oh, but there's certain criteria. You need to have long hair. You need to look yeah. this way, etc., etc." Yeah. Very backwards type of thinking. And now comes this year. <laughs> I was sitting with my mom. I was looking you actually at- forgot something, Miss Universe, the Steve Harvey moment. That was priceless. Oh, that, that was a beautiful yeah. thing. Like yo, that was heat. <laughs> but you know the thing about the Steve Harvey one, even if. Either one of those women had won Miss Universe. Yeah. They deserve it because they, they heat, man. Yeah, but that they video was gorgeous. epic, bro. Right? That video was epic. Okay, so now bring it to this year. Let's hear it this year. So now this year, I'm there, right? I'm watching it. I was actually watching it with my mom. Yeah. And we're looking at all the contenders. I'll be honest. The first time I saw Rhea, yeah. I was like, yes. Yeah. I no, was like, Rhea yes. was, um, yeah. The whole walk, bro. Her walk. I mean, Yo. that's what you need. Like, she had presence. You know what yeah. I mean? She had presence. And then obviously, uh, they, what well, became top five, then she was eliminated. And then I just knew, okay, downhill from here. But, but I always had the rose of my melody in store. Like I always felt that she should have won. So but. coming on to Sharon, <laughs> yeah. right? So Sharon is, is a heater. Also, let's not forget Sharon trended just she before did. they announced Miss Africa. So already we know that South Africa was voting for Sharon. Yeah. Already we know that the, the entire country wanted Sharon to win. Yeah. And then, um, obviously they, they, they then announced the top three. As soon as they announced first, second princess and first princess, I walked out the living room. I was like, Sharon's taking it. It's done. Yeah, it's done. I was like, it's done. I went to the kitchen to go make food because duh. And then you came back. (laughs) And then my mom was like, (laughs) basically. And I was like, no. (laughs) So it was hectic for me because I was calling it as it goes. So just before they announced second princess, I said, Tyler's going to get second princess. Perfect. Yeah. I was like, no, who's who's gonna be first princess? Elizabeth. I said Elizabeth. People were saying Tando. People wanted Ndando to be first princess. Yeah. I was like, nah, it's gonna be Elizabeth. Yeah. Elizabeth. And then um it got to Miss South Africa and I was like, Yeah, no, Sharon. Sharon's got this. It's done. But then my mom, I was I was talking to my mom about this and she was supporting Sharon, but she was also supporting Ntando. Yeah. And she was like, No, she was watching it, right? And she's like, um and the winner is. And then she saw both of them and she wanted both of them to win. Then she said, Ntando Yonkos. Ntando Yonkos, he wins. Oh, I'm like, ah, oh, man, so really? Fault, really? Like, it's your mom's fault. Really? You blame your mom. <laughs> she ruined everything for she us. She has you, bro. Yeah, how old, how old is Miss, um, Miss South Africa right now? I think she's 22, if I'm not mistaken. 22. Yeah. yeah. It usually ranges between 21, I think 27. Mm. I think that range. But the thing that my mom says, sorry, uh, before we carry on, my mom was questioning Sharon's hair. Mm. There was a whole debate of mm, maybe she should have done her hair, had a weave, had it long, and I was like, no, mom. That's the reason she should have won. That's man. the reason she should have won because like mm. that is how black young a young black woman's hair is, and that's who she, she was is. Different, and that's who yeah. she is. She yeah. came through with something different. Mm. Yeah, ne? well, at least I mean, let's give her props. She's 22 years old. She's Miss South Africa. 
And that's a good thing, you know? Yeah, no, that's a very yeah, good thing, like yeah, I have to say. Yeah, yeah, Let's just yeah. give her a round of applause, you know? Yeah. yeah. She deserves it, man. Like, I guess, in our eyes, she doesn't deserve it, but she does deserve it. Yeah. The, the, the one thing I will say about Miss Africa, though, is uh, you can't have four people judging who's going to represent a whole country. Yeah, that's so not So again, true. I don't blame Tandy Nkosi. You're a beautiful girl. Do your yeah. thing. It's not your fault. But whoever running Miss Africa needs to catch a wake-up. Yeah. Well, I mean, let, let's ask you. What were you doing when you were 15? How about 19 or even 22? I've yeah. got here a list of really cool, cool, cool people. But let's ask you first. Lesejo, at 15, what were you up to? At 15, I was I was a sprinter at 15. Yeah. yeah. That's when I started my athletics career. 19, what was I doing at 19? You were an engineer. I was an engineer. <laughs> 22. Uh, ah, I was a Sharon in 22. Yeah. That's when oh, I did Mr. Right. Africa, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I was a Sharon. And now I'm a banker. That's cool. very interesting. And how about you? Okay, so at 15, I was a provincial hockey player. Yes, um, In my past. Mm. Uh, dreams of being a South African hockey Wait, player. Nah, nah. But hey, man, didn't work hey. out. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, at 19, I was a first-year engineering student. Yo, yeah. Learning life, right? Experiencing life. At 22, I was a South African national champion representing South Africa on a global stage oh for entrepreneurship. So Drops the mic. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm a speaker and radio personality. Wow, that's pretty cool. Well, I've got a list here of a couple of... Wait, wait, wait. Where's that? Tell us about you, bro. I feel like you don't want to tell no, us. No, but bro. I was asking you guys so I can talk about <laughs> no, the list. But Come I want to know, bro. And we all want to know. People want to know. Yeah, we all want to know. Jeez, man. I don't like... Uh, well, let me think. Okay, what at was 15? I doing at 15? At 15, I was a loser. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. A round of applause for honesty, dog. <laughs> of applause for honesty, ladies and gentlemen. All right. All right. Yeah, I was playing for the B team, Rappi. You know, I was, I was still a nobody. But at 16, everything started changing. I felt like I joined God's Illuminati, you know, because that's where <laughs> life like, completely changed for me. Yeah. So I became... Um, a provincial rugby player. I, I represented, um, you know, the province. And um, at 19, um, I was at university, still playing. Um, oh, I'd, oh, I'd now finished with my rugby career. I'd, I'd gone into, um, into, you know, engineering. Plus, I'd also gone into emceeing. So I was, um, I was emceeing for Sun International, doing some some things on that side. I started voiceover artistry around uh, just before 22. And um, that's been going really well. I mean, I um, started having he hearing my voice all around the world, and uh, yeah, man, it, it's it's been proper. And now, now I'm here, man. Ain't that a beautiful thing? <laughs> okay, so tell us about these inspiring young individuals. That so, you have uh, all right, cool stuff. So, um, so if you one of these twelve entrepreneurs right here, the answer is at twelve, eleven, thirteen. Or maybe 19, you were changing the world. Each of them were chosen as part of the 2013 annual An Anzisha Prize. All right. Now, this is a prize. I think it's probably still going on this year as well. Yeah. Um, this is in this prize right here. It uh, seeks to support people, uh, in business between the ages of 15 and 22 years old. So each of the, so what they do is they choose 12 finalists 
and they share a prize of $75,000. This is serious, Like, bro. multiply that by 15.8. Yeah, that's no, the rand. That's a scary it's number. It's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. All right. So they get granted funding so that they can invest this into their business and so on as well. So out of 333 applicants across 22 countries, only 12 get chosen. I'll, I'll just read out a few of them. I, I actually went through the list. Yeah, read the interesting and, ones. Um, right? Yeah, man. I've got a few interesting ones here. So at um, the tender age of tw- uh, of 21 Konjeto uh, Chinyama uh, from Malawi props for um, pronouncing the name properly yeah yo. man <laughs> so uh, she, she um, I'm not too sure if it's a he or a she I'll probably find out within the paragraph but this person right here um, was in the um, the probably like a consumer services space um, a project title was Pagwatu. All right. So uh, Chinyama was a student at the University of Malawi um, and is the founder of Malawi's first online real estate portal. Uh, Pagwatu, um, which is which is the the uh, brand itself, enables people to find property throughout the country and sift through a, a plethora of properties based on location, price, and other variables. I mean, this is not necessarily new yeah. in the world, but it's new for Malawi mm. and this. This young person at 21 did it. That's I mean, powerful. Th- right? This proves that, you know, sometimes when, you, when you're sitting and you're thinking, yeah, but I'm sure someone has thought of it already. <laughs> you, you, you never know. Yeah, yeah maybe yeah, someone bro. thought of it in another country, but maybe right there where you are, it's not there yet. And you might just be the f- first in your country. And I mean, you might have thought if you're from a different country and you're listening to this project, you thought, ah, well, it's already been done. I'm sure you're not going to win. But look, she did. And uh, I mean, a, a Good share of $75,000 was hers. That's a pretty good thing, man. There's another one right here. Um, this one's pre- pretty interesting. It's a lady, actually. She's 19 years old, and she's from Rwanda. Uh, so her name is uh, Joey Sang- Sangwa. So um, she's in the energy industry. Now, t- uh, have, a, um, have a listen to this. So her project title was Domestic Biogas Used. Um, a, and um, what, what happened is um, a social entrepreneur, um, who she, she's a social entrepreneur, and she saw the energy production was harmful to the environment in many um, capacities and sought to, to try and see if there isn't a cheaper, more renewable energy that she could use. Mm. She and her team fa- uh, found human waste human waste to, 19, be, yo, this <laughs> to is be a good source of energy and developed a process to turn human waste often seen as a hygiene and a sanitation problem to an energy solution mm. this in ingenuity and innovation has allowed for families to utilize resources that are often left to rot away and instead of using them as uh, and instead of that using them as a cheap alternative to energy and that saves families great percentages of of um, you know, money in their annual budget so sangwa currently runs her business as a non-profit to help families in regions that the nas- in the nation um you know um that the nation might um, need and so on. So, I mean, it's a really, really cool thing. She's only 19. That's what fascinates me, bro. It's like, how do you see a need like that at 19? I think at 19, I was still trying to figure out myself. I'm busy failing calculus. 158. Hmm. <laughs> Remember those days. I'm busy failing 158 at 19. And these people are trying to change the world or here's, changing the world. Here's bro. a gentleman you should know. So this kid right here. He invented something at the age of at, at the age of eleven. Yo, <laughs> you were asking how do you what what how do you know what do you do where is your mind at? His mind was on the task at hand. So Richard Terere, um, 
was 11 years old and uh, he was herding his father's cows, right? Yeah. From the age of about nine. Now, he lives in Kenya. Now, Kenya is one of the only capital cities that are actually right there in a national park. Yeah. Right? So, what happens is, the um the there's nothing fencing the people from the national park itself. So zebras. So they're in wildlife. Yeah, yeah. Sense. So zebras roam freely, and this is all fair and good. But then lions follow the zebras, <laughs> and what ends up happening is some of the lions end up coming into into the homes as well. So they they you know they um torment the people because they always chow the livestock and lions mm. sometimes because lions are like cats um they they like playing. So with them it's not necessarily always about eating the food. It's about trying to kill as many as you can and that's not a good thing. So <laughs> yes. So he grew up hating lions for this because I mean lions would literally just devastate everything. And um and so what would happen is um he would have to take care of his his father's cattle uh, or his father's cattle and then even in the evenings he would have to wake up that you know that the, the farm life is a rough life guys <laughs> they were like hey, baba, you're not going to sleep if my cattle outside right there if those cows get chowed i'm chowing you <laughs> <laughs> in essence you yeah know? so you yeah. get up in the morning try to see if you know if there was a way to make sure that these lions are not around and so on yeah uh, because i mean um that that's that was always the danger so what he did at first because he thought about solving this problem for a long time so he made a scarecrow right he built a scarecrow and put it next to the the crawl Mm. and um so it worked on day one but then on day two the lions were like ah this thing is not moving (laughs) so the lions got in and chowed the some of the cattle anyway and that was a bad thing so then he, he sat and thought about it again and again and um, now when he was 11, what he did is he walked outside with a flashlight. Yeah. And he just, you know, he was checking if there's any lions. And he noticed that the lions would never come close if there's moving light. So he's like, oh, okay. All right. This is interesting. So then what he did is he um, he was fidgeting with his mom's iron. He ended up breaking it because he opened it up. He got a big beating for it. But he says it <laughs> taught him a lot about electronics. So uh, he devised <laughs> this next plan, which so he took, you know, you know how in those farm farm like areas, sometimes there's that car that's been chilling for like Dog. years. Yeah. For years. Yeah. So he went to that car, stripped it of its indicator lights, took the indicator lights, connected it to the old battery that was around. Mm-hmm. And um, tried, you know, using a switch or something like that. And what he had was, um, let's say, three, four different lights. And, it, and, and he put them around the, the crawl in different places. And then somehow connected them now to a battery. And then what would happen is it, it flashes at different intervals at different places. So it confuses the line to think someone is standing at the, at the crawl checking with a flashlight yeah. and the lion's never came to come and attack the the cattle the cattle so what ended up happening is this worked so well that he actually um started installing these for other commu- other people in the community as well now these are installed all over Kenya with a 100% success rate we're not killing lions anymore which is a bad thing mm. and 
we are saving the, the you know the livestock which yeah. is a good thing so if you drive around kenya all you're going to see is flashing lights at night yes at night, you'll yeah. see some flashing lights yeah which is a really cool thing that he did and then i mean this got him so much publicity and so on he was invited by cnn he was invited by um um, this um kid national, is a G. national geographics he was invited by uh, um the ted uh, he was actually doing a ted talk himself oh, they flew yeah. him yeah they flew him to come and do a mm. ted talk i think this was in america or something like that and i mean he says that uh, i mean being a herd a boy right there in a you know in a rural kenya he would always look at the airplanes going past and say oh one day i'm gonna be in that thing and uh till this day what one of his big wishes is actually to be um you know a, a um I think it, he wants to be a pilot or maybe uh, um, um, an aircraft engineer or something like that. Yeah. And this is what he really would like to do. And this is a really cool thing. He's only 13 now. He's very famous. He's 13 now? Yeah, he's 13 so right now. So two years, bro. He's he like did a, a TED Talk at the age of 13. Yeah. That guy's a G. I think bro. it's one of those things that when they say, do what you can where you are with what you have. Exactly. Right? That's powerful, bro. Yo. People are changing the world at a young age, bro. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, he ended up getting a scholarship at one of the top and most prestigious um, schools in Kenya because of this really cool invention. And it, all you do is you just look at what are your problems, where you are. And I think that's a really cool thing. I think I, I love the fact that these are Africans, bro. You yeah. don't really hear these stories in the world, you know. But uh, what I want to hear, I am first African before I am South African, but I really want to hear about South Africans doing this, bruh. And, you know, we do have a couple of South Africans that we're going to be getting in here, just talking about a few things, which is going to be exciting, you know. But young South Africans, kids that are 10, 11 years old, doing amazing stuff like this, bruh, and meeting needs. You're yeah, we're going to have to start hunting them down. We want we want to know about as many young people doing really cool things as possible. So maybe actually... Um, you should let us know. You, yeah, you, you know. can let us know. If you know of anyone who's really cool, doing absolutely amazing stuff, email us at info at unpluggedandincharge.com. Yeah. Tell us about it and we, hopefully we can get them in studio. Maybe we can profile them, put them on the magazine. We'll try to do something yeah, for them. Yeah, man. And then we'll be an investor. And we'll <laughs> see how much money. Because that's the one thing that me and the, the previous... Uh, yeah. Inventor had yeah. Don't have in common She did the whole Bio waste yeah. thingy for, for free I'm like No <laughs> The banker has spoken <laughs> That's not gonna happen <laughs> So anyway um, I think it's important To get the good news Trending bro Like we need to be Showcasing young Young individuals That are changing Their world bro You This is It's actually quite Inspiring stuff I have to say bro You It's on another level On another level So let's talk What's your kid Gonna do one day bro Tell us Because Go. I know President of 2035 I'm sure you have something to tell us about your son, bro. I've never heard this, so this is a first. Mike is going to be beast. He's going to be beast. <laughs> but the one thing that I'm struggling with the most is actually what to call him. Because there's always there's, there's the normal Super <laughs> Junior, which is like... Call quite, him, it's like... Uh, call him Simba. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Not in South Africa, I'm sure no. Because that means something when else. When your son gets bored, you're going to like go up to a hill <laughs> and then put him in the sky. <laughs> Yeah, bro. And you're gonna want everyone to stop their lives <laughs> and just look up for a moment. This is like, my son. Simba has arrived. <laughs> <laughs> there was a point I wanted to call my son Leonidas. Yeah, I remember Leonidas. that. You remember that? I remember. <laughs> Think about it. Even if you're pissed off at him and you shout at him, you'd be like Leonidas. It still sounds different. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, teachers would be like, like, teachers would be like, no, don't do that. 
Leonidas. <laughs> He'd be like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Leonidas Mapanga. You know, yeah. Or maybe something like Maximus. Yeah. You know, from, from uh, yeah, yeah. The Gladiator. Maximus. So something as simple as Sandile Mapanga won't work for you. No, never. no, no, no. No, no, we're not, <laughs> not for less of a week. Like <laughs> Optimus Prime. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, bro. Give them two names. You're Optimus Prime. Okay? <laughs> and you don't allow anyone to say the one without the without other. Without the other, no. There'll be like a, there'll be like a, a hyphen like, in the it's middle. It's like these people who are John Pierre. Yeah, yeah, yeah Optimus yeah. Prime. Why yeah. can't I? It's not going to be JP anyway. It can't be OP, bro. Like, it doesn't no, make sense. Make Optimus sense. Prime. But all I know is, um, so this conversation is very, uh, premature. Because <laughs> <laughs> essentially, I think that well, now there's a rumor that Lesejo might, you know, be a father soon. It's it's now an official rumor. Lesejo started, started it. Now started it. If you were in such deep thought before the show, I would be very scared to hear you say that. No, so, no. So let me tell you what I'm actually thinking about, right, guys? So first of April, I'm moving to my new place, right? Yeah. That means that uh, I'm gonna finish the whole thing on the same day. Mm-hmm. So that means fridge, microwave, couch, bed, the whole nine yards. Yeah. Um, and you actually realize how expensive life is, right? So now imagine and me and me being me, I'm like thinking, okay, so what's the what's the most effective way of doing this stuff? Excuse me, so doing this type of thing. So you're, yeah. you're already thinking like auctions, like, oh, do I have time for an auction? You're already thinking about, um, you're not thinking Corey Croft yeah. at all. You're thinking about, why do I need, what's the color scheme? <laughs> oh my word, guys, like, oh, decor is such a headache. What color curtains do you get? Do you get curtains or do you get blinds? You know? That's and a this complicated is, thing. and here's my thing, cause I've been in a hotel for like three months now, right? So the thing is, it needs to look good, but yeah. I don't want to go through the trouble of making it look good. You just want to pay someone to make it look good? Thing is, but without the money? Hello, <laughs> <laughs> like minimum a wage. A like hustle. minimum wage. Yeah. Because you do, cause you always want something to look good, right? Yeah. But it's like doing dishes. You don't want to do the dishes, but you yeah. know if the dishes aren't there, then it looks better. And then obviously there's a whole manager thing now at work, so. Guys, the toughest thing about work is managing people. Like, work is not tough. Mm. Let me just give you that much advice. It's people. It's people. So people are complicating your life. And oh that's why you're in such deep thought outside. Oh, and, like, then, and then in your mind, you're like, mm, maybe I should just get rid of them. Oh, no, but then, like, oh, then, like, arbitration. Oh, no, so, wait, Lesejo, can I ask you a fundamental question? Because this is a question for you. So I'm going to say a fundamental question because that's your thing. So, fundamental, <laughs> famo. So um, are these uh, people that you're managing, do you see them as kids? You know, uh, I just want to understand this. Like, no, I don't. Okay, so I like, don't. these are these yeah, these are adults. Yeah, mm. no, definitely not. Okay, no, because I mean, there's already Sitley, right? Who's my niece? Yeah, so I wouldn't say it now. Nah, okay, nah, not at all. So they're not like your children, bro. No. Okay, no. So they're giving you stress, but they're not like your children. No. Okay. Yeah. Nah, you gotta block that out your mind, guys. Hey, Baba. No. Hear no evil. See no evil. Speak no evil. <laughs> so now, so now, what I want to say is like. My guy, please don't have a kid anytime soon. Because if people are stressing you out in this manner and keeping you in such deep thought, a child. Do you know I actually come to a conclusion that um uh not everyone is actually meant to be parents. Yeah. Have you ever thought about that? Yeah. Just because you're alive, it actually doesn't mean that you must actually find someone to marry and have a kid. Mm. Some people are just not built to have kids. Some That's people it. are really good at what they do. They're very good athletes. They're very good businessmen. They're very good entrepreneurs. It doesn't mean that you'd be a good father. Yeah. That's a good, that's a true thing, bro. That's but, a but you know, people want their legacy to continue. How does your legacy yeah. continue? I mean, listen, so Steve Jobs is gone, right? Does that he have any kids? I don't think he has any kids, does he? Not that I know of. Yeah, but I mean, his legacy will carry on forever. I mean, mm. his name will be enshrined in history forever. So I think we need to start relooking at, 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 how 
how legacy is built in the African context. Yeah. Because in the African context, it is, oh, I need to leave an heir. And if you just have girls, you keep going until you have a boy. Mm. So mm. that your legacy mm. can carry on. But I mean, that's why there's so many big families. Exactly. Like, if you're just a random Mahlangu, like, who cares? You don't have a legacy. You know, yeah. you just have offspring. I think Wizard has a fact here. Yeah. Just uh, in, for interest's sake, cause Steve Jobs actually has four oh, children. Oh, right. The legacy continues, Baba. <laughs> Three daughters and one son. That's so uh, he kept on going. He bro. kept on going. <laughs> Lisa, Aaron, uh, Aaron, Evan, uh, or no, Eva, and Reed. Reed Evan, is the guy. Reed, Reed so let me ask you guys. So I'll start with Weza. Weza, how yeah. many kids do you want to have? Yeah. I think um, three might be a, like an optimal. I think not more what, than like three. Two boys, one girl? <clears throat> three boys. <laughs> <laughs> He's rolling squad deep. Squad, squad deep. deep. Simpio, how about you? Okay, so um, I want three as well. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want like I have uh, a feeling some people will just be given daughters like Yeah, I also <laughs> I rebuke that. I, <laughs> I rebuke that. Um so I'm gonna have both boys and girls. And preferably I'd want um a son first. Yeah. Yeah, because having a daughter first, that sounds like So what are you saying? So you're gonna have uh, what, one point two daughters? So I'm not really fussy, but I know I want both. I you want, want both. You want both. I can't just have boys and I can't just have girls. So With, within my family, it's actually quite funny because my dad's side of the family, yeah. it's just boys. Yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, there's a high chance there could be just boys. Your mom's side of the family? It's a mixture. Okay. So it's fine, guys. There's no, we're not going to go into this thing because this person. No, but wait, Lesejo, tell us about you, bro. Cause so let me tell you. So I think a year ago, two years ago, yeah, there was a point where I said I wanted five boys. Yeah, I remember you like wanted to roll squad squ- deep. Yeah, yeah, you wanted to roll squad like deep, squad like deep. the back line. We used to call it the back line. Hello, back. <laughs> that would be so cool, bro. <laughs> like imagine they all played in the same. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. uh, and and then one of my mates was like, one of my mates, the he was like, oh, you want five boys? Like it's not gonna happen. You're gonna have four girls. Yo, <laughs> and Yo. one boy I was like, really? This guy, I rebuke that. So straight <laughs> <laughs> up, bro. No. Yeah. Uh, but but in, in essence, I don't know. Th- actually, I've, since last year, did you think about? It, there is no fundamental need. Yeah, okay. there actually is no fundamental need. No, there's no fundamental need for kids. No, so I you're not gonna have it. any kids. Yo, this is deep. Bro. It's not a priority right now. It's not a priority at all. I actually started thinking about it because. I don't know. I like my life right now. Okay, so um, okay, okay. So I know you're getting married at forty. We're this man is selfish. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we're gonna get married. So before we say we wanna get married at thirty, right? What do we say, simply? I said thirty. I said thirty. What did I say? Thirty. Yeah, 35. we we said thirty in the beginning, yeah. like twenty, maybe like twenty eight, yeah. thirty. Then Lesejo said, "Don't do Four. that to yourself. That 40. is too soon. Four. That is too soon." Thirty five. <laughs> yeah, you were saying thirty five. Uh, I think a year ago. Now yeah. he's shot up to forty, bro. Yeah, forty. So I think I think thirty five is cool. Yeah, get married at thirty five. How old will she be? Like 27. 22, bro. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. My wife's not born yet. Drops mic. <laughs> okay. You are one no, pedophile no, of a man. <laughs> we're not going to take that far. No, if I'm 35, she'll probably be 30. I'm cool. Mm. But then... Okay, so no. You probably have kids that are like, what, 37, 38? That's getting late, bro. According to who? What does it mean? <laughs> what does that actually mean? Like, it sounds like it's getting late to what me. What does it mean? Because let's, so, let's put it this way, right? If you have a kid at 40, right? By the time you're 50, they'll be 10. By the time you're, you're 60, 60, when you're retiring, 20. they'll be 20. They'll be 20, which I see a lot of that happening right now. No, it is happening. A lot of my mates' parents are retired. Yeah. So it actually, you know, having a kid when you're 40 is actually not a bad idea at all. The interesting thing is, though, I was reading a statistic and people are. But that's a kid. 
But what if you planning to have rule, you know? Yeah, rule squad deep, bro. What's gonna happen? Yeah. So th- that's what. So it's bringing me on to my next point now. So actually, reading a statistic that says that um smart people are rendering themselves instinct. Why? Because in an inverted commas, right? In um in in. Oof. In <laughs> families where the literacy of the parents isn't that high, so probably, yeah. they probably have like a matric or just a matric, right? You, they tend to have a lot of kids. Yeah. They tend to have like five, six. Yeah, kids. I've heard a, a line, a very bad line, <laughs> that said, <laughs> that said, um, rich people make money and poor people make babies. Mm. <laughs> 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 Yo. Bars. Yo. But if you go That's to bad. a wealthy, <laughs> if you Wait. go to. <laughs> Well, listen, if you go to a wealthy family, right, you find that a lot of wealthy families only have max two kids. Yeah, exactly. Proving yeah. that line that that's, yeah, that's running such a deep around. Max, max two kids, which yeah. means that it's in Pure, whether you get a house in Sandhurst or whatever, right? Yeah. There is a 80% probability that your son will get married to uh, a chick who was born in like, in like Harangua. Or, or something like that. You know, that's born in a township or something like that. Yeah, mm. so that's going to start happening. And then obviously, small kids are going to start happening because there'll be all that, you know, white people dating black people, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. So that's what's going to happen. Mm. So that's what so saying. So is saying that he's going to marry a white girl. That's what he's trying to say, I think. Like, in between lines, I feel like you're trying to say you're going to marry a white girl. I don't know. I, I saw this picture where Julius Malema. Yeah, it's an the, old picture where yo. Julius Malema has this model on his lap. It's a white chick. A blonde even, bro. Yeah, and then, and then <laughs> the caption was, Ketsuris toko salehua. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, uh, listen, and this is the perfect time to really just take it forward from um, Aria's show. So, Wes and I were on Aria's show. We we're talking about financial management and how to handle your finances. Yeah, yeah. And it's actually a very tough thing. Mm. It's a very difficult thing. So I don't blame wealthy people from getting like two kids. They're like, nah, guys. Like the way my investments are set up, mm. we're just gonna have two kids. It will be nice. Okay, so I think um, we've spoken about families and all of that, but I think families need role models, right? 100%. And um, we've been talking about young people and doing amazing things. So let's have young people that are role models to the youth, and that's that's what we're having next on the show. One of these young individuals that are providing solutions to our country's problems. So after this. We're going to be talking to some of the youth's role models. So, yeah, see, this is uh, quite a session and this is... <laughs> yeah, man. So, um, yeah, bro, like um, we've been having a session and what I'm doing right now is actually trying to post some of the pictures from uh, the last session uh, we had uh, in studio because we spoke about a lot, eh? Lesejo's deep thoughts and uh, pregnant pauses. <laughs> pregnant pauses. And we spoke about young individuals doing amazing things and um, Wizard just had to step out to go save the world. I, li- I like saying it like that because it sounds... Uh, Sounds uh, decent. The fact yeah. that he left us. He's he's um he left us just all high and dry. But it's but, okay. uh, it's alright. I'll tell life. him next time that he should say goodbye to all of us because he just disappeared. I don't know what he did. Like that's the problem when you have multiple streams of income, isn't it? <laughs> this is the fundamental issue. Exactly, bro. Exactly. So um, let's continue on with the show. And uh, like I said before our break, that uh, we're having one young individual that's a role model. To the youth of South Africa, meeting the problems that were faced and providing solutions to them. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome Pila Bongo. Welcome, Pila Bongo. Hi, uh, oh, wait, hold up, buddy. There you go. 
Hi, everyone. <laughs> yeah, man, how you doing, bro? I'm all right. How's everyone? Wow, 100%, buddy. 100%. 100%, bro. So, Pillar, tell us a bit about yourself before we get into the solutions that you've solved in the world. Just tell us who Pillar was and uh, growing up. Just let's get to know you, you know? Um, Pila, Pila Sandebongo is a young man born in Johannesburg, uh, yeah. small, uh, place called Togoza, mm-hmm. uh, and the times where it was rife, uh, my parents decided to move us down to KZN, spent most of my primary and college high school years that side, uh, back in Joburg around 2003, yeah. 2004, yeah, um, grew up between Joburg and, uh, KZN. Grew up between Joburg and KZN, and yeah, that's um, I've been, I've 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 I've, I've been around. I've I've, <laughs> <laughs> I've gone from, I mean, I've gone from having a corporate job within the financial services space. Uh, <laughs> this is going to be an interesting story. Yeah. To yes, the entrepreneurial bug biting me a long time ago, and me not listening to finally listening and actually identifying what is problems that we. Um, what, what we problems are we facing and basically being focused on how do we get solutions to people mm. um, I come from a company known as Gamva Energy yeah. we are in the renewable energy space um, our focus stemmed from if you remember a few years back um, when we, our economy started slowing down mm. um, it was quite funny that our economy started slowing down at the same point in time as us having power problems yeah yeah, um, it talks a story around <laughs> who's a pillar of who. Um, <laughs> power is a strong pillar yeah. of, uh, of any economy growing, actually. Um, mm-hmm. So wh- one of the things that we monitored was what does that mean? Uh, it means that the guy working at a manufacturing plant, because a manufacturing plant has downtime, uh, mm-hmm. They're losing money. They're going to downsize. The guy loses his job. He has a car. He has yeah. a house. He will lose those items. Mm-hmm. And that's... In summary, a very basic way of how we view our economy getting to where it is now. Yeah. So one of the things that we monitored was um, in, within the spaces that we were previously in, um, renewable energy was a hot topic. Yeah. Amongst those within boardrooms. Mm. Uh, but if you the influential people, bro, yeah. the people that make the decisions. <laughs> I love how you said it so nicely and uh, so diplomatically. The people that make decisions. <laughs> We're talking about renewable energy. So that's why it was a necessary thing to jump onto, right? Yeah. So it was funny because you get home in the in the afternoon, uh, whether you've got electricity or not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You get out of the, the gate, take a walk down your, your road. You're not going to see one solar panel. You're not going to see one gas plant. You're not going to see uh, one wind farm. Yeah. Um, so one of the things we looked at is obviously what is practical within communities. And our focus is basically bringing renewable energy technologies into communities. Yeah. Um, whereby if I walk down the street, if I go to a shopping center, I want to know that this center is actually conscious of what's happening, mm. that they're generating so much from renewable alternatives. Yes, there's financial benefit for them, but I want to know that. And I want to actually be able to use that for myself at home. Yeah. Um, you start researching, obviously. You start getting to know and understand these things. And one of the things I actually experienced it last week, I was at the Power Expo, which yeah. was, uh, I think, in Santon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I went there with two perspectives. One of them was as an ordinary person yeah. who doesn't know anything. 
Uh, and the other was obviously to build business partnerships. Yeah. Um, I'll say if the one was successful, the latter. Yeah. Uh, but if I look at it from a perspective of being a, a homeowner or a person who lives somewhere. Yeah. Um, I walked, I would have walked in and out very much confused. Yeah. And that talked to one of the things that we identified to say renewable energy is not understandable to the layman on the street. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, so how are you going to influence? How are you going to get people to actually buy the systems which are considered expensive? So we, that poses two questions. The how? To mm. get the person, you need to get them to understand the technology, yeah. which is one of the things that we focused on. Um, enabling them to actually be able to afford it. It's, it's, it's painful that we live in a country where we've got a very established financial services market. Yeah. Um, but it's easier to buy a car than it is to actually have renewable energy. Yeah. It's deep, bro. <laughs> it's very deep. But now, so, as we carry on with uh, our chat, I actually want to ask you. So, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you? I am 29. 29. And you said you were in the financial services industry. Spent a good solid eight years. A good mm. solid year. That's, like, <laughs> that's real, bro. That must have been some painful years, bro. Like, cause it seems like you always knew that, um, you wanted to do something, right? Look, that was intentional. Um, mm-hmm. I, I am a firm believer in, I watched, uh, a, a talk which was done by Vusitema where yeah. he was talking about, in South Africa, our problem is as, as startups or as entrepreneurs, um, is we like to play it small. Yeah. Uh, gave a very painful example. And I know it's, I think now developed where yeah. he gave, I'm going to use names. Um, you're free, uh, Brian. Don't be this scared. Is I'm going to use names. He, <laughs> yeah. he used, um, APSA as a bank. Yeah. And he put that next to the Stockfell market. Yeah. And he said, the Stockfell market has been around way longer. Yeah. But which is of more value. Mm. And what he was, what he was pointing to is, um, us as entrepreneurs, we like being stuck in the startup phase where you're playing it small, you're keeping it small, you're not trying to do something where, which will make a difference. Yeah. Because to be honest with you, across in any and many industries, um, to make a real difference, you need to scale. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's you, true. You need to think about that. You need to have a plan as, how, as to how you're going to achieve that. You need to understand where you're going to start and you need to understand what your purpose is. Yeah. Um, and, and that, those are the fundamentals that you said something very interesting there, understanding what your purpose is. So for eight years, uh, did you have an idea what your purpose was while you're still in the, um, financial services industry? My purpose? Yes. Okay. To answer your question directly, I, I fully understood that. Okay. I also understood that I needed to get certain tools, which, Yes, you go through pain in yeah. getting, uh, which is knowledge, experience, being able to speak languages that corporate spoke, talk, yeah. corporate talk, yeah. um, to understand where they come from, yeah, um, and hopefully be equipped to be on the other side of the table and yeah, effectively get your ideas across, get your right? ideas across, and yeah. get what you want done. Can yeah. I ask, um, what color tie did you wear? <laughs> Going to <laughs> this is a very interesting uh, industry that you worked at. I said to you, I've worked eight years yeah. in Orton corporates. I haven't worn a tie in six. Yeah. Wow. It's uh, very interesting. And the reason behind that is there's a man, um, I won't mention his name, who once said to me, going into a meeting and wearing a tie, and you, you, a lot of people focus on 
the color of tie that I wear, yeah. yeah, than the content of what I'm gonna say at the meeting. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I said, "Ask what color tie did you wear?" Yes. So I, I I focused on actually getting my knowledge up, um, mm. getting my understanding and my inputs. Um, so, for example, hypothetically speaking, at that point in time, getting into renewable energy um what content are we bringing what abilities mm. are we bringing and that's what the fundamental we, things right and what's the value proposition so me coming and sitting next to you and i know the one uh, the gentleman i'm wearing a tie i'm thinking of taking off my tie like yeah that's actually quite funny um um as much as we must look good we must also do things that sound and make sense exactly uh, and for those that are wondering i'm wearing a red tie today so yeah he is i'm not judging him <laughs> <laughs> okay so let's let's carry on um, we're running short of time hey this hour is always very short Let's that's the most frustrating thing hey, bro. so from what we understand now pila pretty much i mean you guys bring renewable energy into communities yep. um specifically are you guys going into um the, the, the normal guy who has a house or are you guys also looking at commercial properties as well and just to add on to that question because okay. i want to add on to that <laughs> as you're doing that i hear you're also part of the red red bull i'm a pico program how are they helping you do what you need to do? So two questions in one. Okay, I'll start with uh, the first question. Yeah. Yes. Okay. What you'll find now is a traditional way of bringing solar into any space where has been bring money from outside of the country, which is expensive, especially when you have a rand sitting where it is. Yeah. Um, and you sell a system to someone. So I, I then pose the question to many people to say how many people can afford that, whether you're a commercial or build a commercial shopping center owner mm-hmm. or you own a house or you're renting a, uh, at a complex or yeah. a house. So affordability remains something that it, it needs to be affordable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So one of the things we've done is, yes, uh, we, we, we are in the space of we focusing on commercial industrial buildings. Mm-hmm. To install systems there, but um, the, the 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 impact that we also seek is to be we've structured a way of being able to for every system that we install, uh, which is a massive system. You you're looking at projects. I'm gonna get a, a bit technical for a second, like under one megawatt. But what our intention uh, is is to intentionally uh, we we match. A small system in within the same community that the center is operating at, uh, that we install, um, that at our cost, that we it will be a small system that a school can use, and for a school that operates during the day only, or a clinic, um, or a church, or yeah. a recreational facility, that brings renewable energy to yeah. the eyes of the people. Mm. When you go to school, you see these panels. You're gonna be able to ask your teacher, "What is that? How does it work?" That sparks thinking from a child's perspective. When mm. you go to church. There is someone who's going to see that and be like, hmm, how is this working? How do I get this to my home? When I come to your home and visit you and I see that your complex or your house has these things on, these shiny things yeah. uh, on, on your roof, how do I get one? Um, yeah. What is it doing for you? So you trigger word of mouth um, mm. and you trigger it by doing good and having actually doing something because – for us to just get, get into a contract with a commercial uh, building owner where we install, generate, and they pay us, yeah. it's, it's it's one way. Or yeah, it's one of the streams, you know. It's one of the streams, but you could also go and install another one at a local scheme, uh, a local school where mm. you put a panel, you put panels, you do a small five ten um, yeah. kilowatt system uh, capacity. Install it there, and the school runs. And the f- apparently, the best form of marketing is word of mouth, still, right? 
That's what I heard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So now to the second question. Um, Red Bull, I'm a Pico Red program. Bull, I'm a Pico. Uh, that must be interesting. I've always wondered about <laughs> it. Like, Good family of people. Um, you'd be surprised that in the, in the country there's two groups, which is a group that I'm in, uh, 2015, 2016 group, yeah. and then the group from the previous year. Yeah. Very energetic bunch of people. <laughs> um, we leverage of each other quite a lot. Yeah. Not just Red Bull, the brand, but the entrepreneurs that yeah. uh, um, are my colleagues now. So from a skills sharing perspective, that is something that I found quite critical. Yeah. Um, Red Bull themselves have afforded us a platform where it's an enabling platform. Yeah. From uh, them opening up their office space to us, uh, basics uh, yeah. that you need to actually <laughs> operate. Yeah. Um, to them connecting us to markets, connecting us to, uh, to, to, to potential investors who will come. So they're not directly investing yeah. money in, in, in companies. But they're but giving you facilities. Giving you yeah. those enabling platforms yeah. where if, if I am being connected to an investor, I need to package and make sure that I'm presenting my business case. Yeah. In a very viable, sensible Manner. way. Yeah. And I, I'll be honest with you, any guy on the street trying to connect to an investor, it's, we're not in Silicon Valley where you can't <laughs> yeah. a person at a coffee shop. Yeah. Yeah. So what has that done for you in essence? I mean, 2015, 2016, it's almost been a year, right? Or is it a year? No, exactly? no, no. We started, our academy started in end of october end of october okay so we in the first couple of months yeah um, how's that 18 done? month program yeah um so yeah there is strong and very regular interaction mm. um one of the guys from red bull was trying to call me as i was sitting down and yeah that's the kind of support that so where you find barriers in getting access to anything yeah. or you have something that has broken um it's 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 quite comforting to have them to say you know what I've tried this is where I've gotten yeah please uh, assist assist yeah where mm-hmm. you can and this is not give me freebies uh, <laughs> they, that, that's not the, that's not their business <laughs> there's no time for that bro so pillar I mean yeah you, like I like you said you guys have been here since the end of October how's the money looking hmm? are we sitting nice <laughs> are you comfortable <laughs> have, have fees fallen uh, no no not yet. Not yet, um, but it will be. It will hey. be. Yeah, and that's the type of thinking we need. Yeah, you know, with a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of um, just people in general. Yeah, and I'll refer to Black Twitter <laughs> <laughs> because it is what it is. Hey, you're a brave man talking about Black Twitter. No, but it is what it is because I mean, a lot of people are like, "Yo, if you don't if you're not making stacks in like the first two months, then it's like, Psst, look, uh, what's going on?" One one of the things that we I was because there's individual decisions that you have to make. Yeah. To say that, can I go into this? Mm. So you obviously need to have a sensible mind on on, on your shoulders where you plan mm-hmm. and you, I'm going to drum the savings model. You plan, you manage your expenses, blah, blah, blah. But also, you also need to be realistic and in your planning and doing whatever you're doing whilst you're working, whilst you're studying, um, do research in what you're saying you're going into. You need to put in some sweat. Yeah. Uh, you gotta work, right? Yeah, no, no, you need, hey, you need to, hey, you need, you need to. Um, but I think we're at a fairly, fairly developed stage and, uh, we, we're talking to inve- uh, potential investors mm. to actually mm. enable the, 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 financial capability. Uh, the money will come. The money is, 
I think that is not actually. Uh, the it will come. You the, pursue the, purpose, the, the, and money the, follows the, you. The right? reason I, for example, spent quite a bit of time at the expo last week was not because I was out there signing checks and purchasing anything and everything there on stands, but it was to build partnerships that we are to use in in in, in our installations yeah. because there's a variety of people that you need in this. Mm. Um, and, but that's not the complication we want the community member to actually see. Mm. That's what we deal with. Yeah. We don't. So that's, that's some seriously powerful stuff, man. And I think we definitely need to get him in again because I still want to find out about the future for your company and the way forward. I have so many questions. But the hour is over, bro. <laughs> like this hour thing is killing me, but uh, we so will. I survived di- it. Yeah, you survived. <laughs> see, you didn't need a double shot of water. You are all good, bro. 100%. Plus this man's from the banking industry. You're yeah. a great person. Yeah. But ladies and gentlemen, that is the hour. I'm sorry. Like we will be here same time next week for another session. But until then, I pray and hope that you have a blessed and wonderful week. This has been Unplugged and In Charge Radio. This is Sampiwe and... This is Mapanga and we love you more than Kanye loves you. This is you. See you next week, guys. When you're on the ultra light beam, this is a God dream. This is a God dream. This is everything. This is CliffCentral.com.